Welcome to another episode. So we're recording this December 12th. NBA preseason officially started last night. Got Brandon here. So it's only right that we start with not only because the Bulls played, but you know, their opponent, the Rockets, had some some new faces on the team too. So just give me your your instant takeaways from that game. Definitely so early in the season for the Bulls. Um, you know, it just didn't look like we were really putting any defensive effort up out there. So um, it was a little disappointing. Um, what I will say, though, that um, surprised me, and um, it's it's Patrick Williams. You know, the way his game just looked really smooth kind of reminds me of, like, a, a smoother version of Kawhi when he first came in the league. Like, he just is, like, taking very smart shots. Like, he, like, little dribble, dribble up, pull up, mid-range jump shot. It was, like, cash for him. Like, it looked like that was his go-to move. He has this floater that he goes to as well, I noticed. Um, I've heard a lot about it really solid and he's just strong you can see he's a big guy I'm not surprised you know Kobe White struggled in this first game um, this is now his team to run as point guard so I think there's going to be some natural hiccups because he didn't get that opportunity to do it last season we've already seen that he can shoot but now facilitating and playmaking as a lead guard is going to be his next uh, thing he has to prove in the league so I expect him to struggle a little bit but I'm sure he'll um, get the hang of things um, and then just yeah you forget Otto Porter Jr you know he's injured for so long um, I think he's going to have a good season for us if he can stay healthy. Um, and then just, yeah, Wendell and, and Lowry, you know, it was nice to see them out there. I hope Lowry can stay consistent and be assertive. And Wendell is like 0 for 5 from 3. So he's trying to show that he had improved his jump shot clearly. But um, what I like to see was the confidence. He kept shooting it, which made me like, okay, like, he must be working on this shot or something if he's taking five of them. So hopefully he can not just only be a stretch five, but also, you know, play down low. And some, you know, mid-range uh, pick and pop or, um, you know, strong pick rolls to the rim. So, yeah, it was a mixed bag for the Bulls um, early in the season. And I'm excited to see what these guys bring. Yeah, you guys did have basically a you know new coach. And then, like you mentioned with Kobe White, he didn't – how many games did he even start last year? A few events. He started one game. Okay, yeah, I just think. one. So, one game, obviously, yeah. especially, you know, playing with Zach Levine when you're also a guy who thrives with the ball in his hand, that's going to take some time to get used to. I also just think it might be a problem for you guys in the regular season, Kobe White on defense, because he had to he had to match up against John Wall, and John Wall kind of had his way with him. I mean, we'll get to the Rockets in a sec, but John Wall did look good, so it's not, you know, he didn't get, like, destroyed either, but he is just kind of – is he a smaller guard, or he maybe he just plays a little smaller on defense? I don't know what it was, but it just seemed like John Wall was kind of finishing, like, as if Kobe White wasn't even there. I believe they're both listed as 6'4". Uh, I think John Wall is kind of, you know, strength a little bit over time you know you know how guys when they get older they don't see necessarily Run man strength, sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah so I mean I at the end of the day wall is quick so you got to be able to move your feet and mm-hmm. he's shifty he's very shifty so anybody would struggle with him um in a one-on-one matchup and I think you know it being the first time he's played against John Wall I don't think he really knew like what to expect from his game might have even been a little fl- flustered if you think about it like you've been watching this guy you know growing up He's obviously a superstar. He's coming at you really quick. You don't know what to expect. And I'm sure he probably just kind of like threw him off at the beginning of the game. Um, not to discount Wall, though, because he looked good. I know all those interviews he was saying, you know, I'm back, you know, I'm healthy now, and I'm going to show everyone that I'm still an all-star. I think that he showed that if he can remain healthy, which is going to be like hard, like it's going to be really stressful as a fan to watch that team because you're like always going to be on like, oh crap, is like Boogie or Wall about to go down? Like that's what I'm going to be thinking when I'm watching this. But if they can stay healthy, man, they have a solid team. James Harden really needs to explore that. Yeah, let's go to the Rocket side of things because they didn't have Harden, of course, because uh, what well, he has to test what well, test negative for COVID like six straight times now before he can even 
do anything with the team basketball related and uh no christian would either yeah. so in the box score i don't know who this dude is started at power Ford, i guess for the rockets jay tate jay sean tate from ohio state that never heard of him but yeah shout out to him um but yeah still put up 125 points look good i mean the boogie and uh and and wall pick and pops those were like those look good like those look like they'll work in real games and boogie of course just look good shooting it is like if you're hard and you do have to kind of hopefully he watched this game he, he might have been at a club or something might not have caught the preseason game but you have to look at this surrounding cast and like they look good i mean yeah they look like they have a good you know cast of role players and you add in harden and christian wood to the mix and like i don't want to overreact just you know off one preseason game but I, I think the Rockets have. I might bump them up a few spots uh, in the in that West, the crowded playoff race. Yeah, I mean, I think they should be very encouraged. Um, the key things for me, again, is, you know, Boogie, can he stay healthy? Shoot, Eric Gordon, can he stay healthy? John Wall, can he stay healthy? These three guys, I mean, they're all big-time players. And um, from what we saw, glimpses of it, again, you know, Wall looked good. His jump shot looked good. Boogie looks like his three-pointer is better than ever. And he can still, you know, drive to the basket. So these guys can stay healthy. Um, that's, that's huge. And then secondarily, I mean, again, if, if, um, James Harden can come back in and just like give these guys another chance, you know, he says PJ Tucker, they brought in Sterling Brown, which I don't think many people are talking about, but Sterling Brown is a great shooter. So that's exactly what he needs, you know, more floor spacing. And then another just sleeper guy they sell on the rosters, Gerald Green, man, like he came in for a second, yeah. like a nasty dunk. Like he, he's like the perfect, um, player for this system because he's super athletic and he can shoot threes and he is like trigger happy. He's going to shoot. So, has, um, you know, all of been, that. Has he been on the Rockets this whole time? Cause I saw him in the game. I was like, wait a sec. I knew he was there, you know, a few years back, but has he been there this whole time? No, he was, I, I think he was out of the league after an okay. injury. Um, <laughs> but I think he came back. Um, I think he hurt his foot or something, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's 34, but like you wouldn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like the exact same player. Yeah. And then, you know, Daniel House still too. So they have a lot of, again, their core intact here. And you put hard in here as an engine and like, I don't know, man, I like wall next to Harden better than I like Westbrook next to Harden. Cause wall is actually, you can tell he has a basketball IQ. You know, I don't want to come for rest too hard here, but. Sometimes he just would he would look disjointed out there. Apparently, Wall shoots a lot better of a percentage on catch and shoot threes than than Russ ever did. So, and I mean, he hit Wall hit one three yesterday. It was kind of like a very you know end of the shot clock. He had to get it up, but his, his, yeah, his jumper. You said it, his jumper did look it looked nice. And you know, some players and like this is something Westbrook will probably move towards as he gets a little older. But like as a jump shooter, you don't want to jump as high as you can on a jump shot like that kind of makes it you know it makes your shooting more erratic and Westbrook is like the king of full 40 inch vert on a jumper and so yeah well I do like it's kind of weird like I think Wall is a better fit with Harden than Westbrook was and I think Westbrook might be a better fit with Beal than this version of Wall is so I think it was kind of a a win-win trade for both those teams but yeah Rockets should be so do you think I'm assuming they they start Christian Wood at center and have Boogie come off the bench, right? Or do you think? Yeah, I think it really depends on the matchup for sure. Uh, Christian Wood is you know listed as a power forward, but obviously he screams stretch five for this team. But I really think it depends on Boogie. You know, like how much how much role do you want to give Boogie during the season? You know, do you want to save him or do you want him to be a six man? Like what what is he gonna look like? What is he gonna demand at the end of the day? Because his body is telling him, I'm a 30 minutes per game player, and he's playing at this level. You gotta start him. Um, and then you know, 
Christian Wood, you know, maybe you pair them. Um, and then this looks like a super team. Like if all these guys are healthy, right? Like then it looks like that this is a, a team that should have never been put together, but it just happened because, you know, these guys were being doubted. Um, so, I mean, that's best case scenario. Um, you know, it really depends on what Steven Silas has planned for them. And again, just what Boogie is ready for right now in this season. Um, Cause yeah, six man, like I, I don't see all-star level DeMarcus Cousins as a six-man, but you know, these days in the league, if you're still effective, but you need to be, you know, on a minutes limit, that's like one of the best ways to use you. Yeah, and that's that's just, you know, the positive for the Rockets. If they can – that's probably what I would do if I was, you know, if I was uh, Steven Silas. I would have Boogie come off the bench in the regular season just because you don't want to, you know, overdo it in the regular season and get him injured. But in the, when the playoffs come around, like – Let's say the Rockets have to play the Lakers in the first or second round. You start both of them, assuming the the Lakers go big, and now you have even with two bigs, you still have five three point shooters. So that's that's a pretty nice uh, lineup right there if you need it. Yeah, like last thing on the Rockets, are just they do have so many injury prone guys. Like you mentioned, that we're just going to be that's like the all hopeful team. Like just hopefully they can have good injury luck because that could get really bad if you know. So many of those guys. You mentioned, I forgot, Eric Gordon always gets hurt too, but all those guys are so good when they're healthy. Um, let's go to – so this was the first game of the night last night, the New Look Hawks and the the Magic. Uh, Magic won, but the result doesn't really matter. But um, You know, the Hawks are a very interesting team to watch. Um, I mean, their team overall, they just have, like, so much talent all around the floor. Um and it's tough to it's tough to really evaluate them based on you know the limited minutes that I saw um, you know because they took the loss but that doesn't really you know amount to much in the preseason here. Um, what I noticed though you know is rotation wise Danilo Gallinari I think coming off the bench like makes sense for them like I could see him also starting but he looked good um, and I think his life is going to be a lot easier on this team. Cam Reddish looked really strong and he looked like he had improved his game some so I expect him to have a great season. Um, but I think the consensus here is just that there's going to be a lot of open looks on the wing. So whoever slotted on the wing is, you know, going to need to be ready because um, Trey Young is going to obviously command a ton of attention. You know, Clint Capella is a great lob threat off the the pick and roll. Bogdanovich can create his own shot. You know, Collins is looking good. Like the team is looking very talented. Um, and we haven't even seen, you know, their their draft pick Big O. We haven't seen Chris Dunn. Rajon Rondo uh, or Tony Snell yet so I mean their whole roster is you know all serviceable guys who can play so just a deep team um, you know I didn't take away too much honestly watching the Magic they was kind of one of those teams um, in my opinion where it's like okay like Lucevic you know you know what you're going to get from him Fournier super solid Cole Anthony didn't you know like flash me too much like he, he looked pretty he looked okay I see him as a backup in this league um Markel Fultz, um, he looked solid. That was the one thing I noticed. He looked uh, confident. Um, I wonder if he can, you know, get his offensive confidence this season. Can he score more? Because um, we know he can get rebounds, play solid defense, and pass the ball. So I expect him to be the, the main catalyst of this team, like, being successful or not this season. Yeah. The the Magic, we just we just know what, you know, you know what you're going to get from basically all those guys. And even though they're, you know, one of the least exciting teams, they're still going to be right there. They'll probably make that that play-in tournament for the eight seed because that's just what they do every year. But uh, one guy though, who who actually I was, I did kind of get, get something I think, or I was interested in what I saw from him was Aaron Gordon because there was a lot of like point forward Aaron Gordon last night. 
where he was. Oh yeah, yeah, no, faci- yeah, facilitating, yeah, like bringing the ball up, and he he really did remind me. Like, he looked a lot like Blake Griffin, where you know, same build, Blake Griffin, yeah, but he's a really good ball handler for someone that big and good passer. So I wonder. I mean, just as a you know a non Magic fan, I would love to see him get traded to a you know to a contender or like a good team because there was there was rumors. You remember a few years ago? I think it was the the Warriors, right? Wasn't there rumors of them getting him? But I would love to see him on a on a good team. I think he could help a lot. Yeah, I would love to see like a Wiggins for for Aaron Gordon type of situation or something like that. I doubt that you know the Magic would want anything to do with that. But Aaron Gordon's kind of at that point in his career where you know, he's pretty much going to be what you see, what you get, you know, no more, um, you know, this guy's a young prospect. When is he going to like turn the corner? So I think, you know, this year could be, you know, essentially like what we're going to see, you know, plus 10, 20%, you know, Aaron Gordon in his prime. So I don't know, like you say, maybe a system changes for him or maybe you need to move Vucevic, but something about this team like doesn't quite do it for me. Yeah. And Aaron Gordon, so I just checked, he's only 25, like just turned 25 a couple months ago. So definitely still young and i mean if you you know the past couple of years he's definitely been trending upwards so he's definitely a, a guy to keep an eye on this year let's say you know if there's just one injury if vucevic or you know one of their other key pieces gets injured for like a couple of weeks and you know maybe they just drop out of playoff contention they have to maybe look to rebuild he's a guy that they could definitely get a good return for so i wonder if we see him get moved uh, but on on the hawks yeah, I think Gallinari coming off the bench. That's I'm sure they they definitely because he signed there, right? He didn't he signed there on his own, yeah, his own choice. So I'm sure yeah. he was cool with that that role. And honestly, that makes them a lot better, I think, because him off the bench, that's that's dangerous. You just come in, hit it, you know, it's health, yeah. it's the health at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You said it though about the Hawks. They are just they just became so deep. Like those four guys who you mentioned who missed who didn't play yesterday. That's four guys who, at the very least, are serviceable, like, you know, ninth men, at the very least. And obviously, you have their ceilings way higher than that. So, and Hawks don't play defense, but they're going to be one of the most fun teams to watch, for sure. Um, okay, what other? Right, what other? and I was just going to say, last last thing here, I mean, um, and that's why it's difficult to judge their first game, because all four of these guys are potentially, you know, uh, disruptive on the defensive end. I mean, Tony Snow, Rondo, Dunn, and uh, Big O are all defensive players. So, um, yeah, who knows? Once these guys are injected into their lineup, the team could instantly throw out a you know a defensive lineup to hide Trey Young or you know help compensate for somebody like Gallinari who's not you know quick on his feet anymore. Yeah, no, you're right. Actually, that those four guys are probably their four best defenders. Maybe Capella's <laughs> somewhere in there. Also, I actually forgot for a second that the Hawks traded for Capella because they got him last year and he didn't play at all. But that's a, that's a huge pickup. I mean, I think the Rockets would have been better off last year with, with Capella. I think they had to go to that, that no center approach because they didn't have an option like him. Um, but you saw it last, last night, like him and Trey Young, those picking rolls are, it's dangerous because you're going to have to dangerous, give up something. Yep. And they had a couple nice little connections on some alley-oops there. That's just, I think that we're going to see a lot of that this season. Um, what game do you want to do next? We got the Clippers, Lakers, Knicks, Pistons, Blazers, Kings. We can we we can touch on this uh, Knicks Pistons for a second. Um, you know, not not too much to really discuss here, honestly. Um, then we can move on to to the LA game. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, t- uh, I, I checked this game out for, you know, a few minutes. Um, at the end of the day, I'm always keeping an eye on D Rose, as you all mm-hmm. know, um, got to keep tabs on him. So, um, I also wanted to see if Leangelo would check in. He did not play. Um, but yeah, for the Pistons, I mean, it was cool to see D Rose out there again. He does, he's doing what he does best, um, staying in that six man role, it appears, um, which is great for him for health reasons. Uh, Killian Hayes looked a little like rushed out there. He looked very raw, very, very raw. So I, I, I know it's probably first game jitters. You know, he didn't get a, he didn't really get much for training camp. He didn't get a summer league. So he's just thrown right into preseason action. But as a lead guard, you see he struggled. He had seven turnovers, uh, just three assists. Um, you know, he, I, I think he missed all of his three pointers. You know, he just had a rough night. Um, but I think this team will be interesting to watch. Um, Mason Plumley is really good. Um, he's going to do a lot of dirty work for them. Blake Griffin, if he can just get back in his groove offensively, will be awesome. Um, I don't want him taking, you know, seven out of his 11 shots from the three-point line necessarily, but he's going to be a guy that could average eight assists legitimately, you know, close to 10 boards and 20 points during the season if he's healthy. Um, Jeremy Grant, uh, he's got to, you know, be better after – um, you know, winning that that uh, bigger role on a team. I expect him to play better than this, hopefully. Uh, he looks awful out there, <laughs> like he hadn't shot a ball in ages. So uh, hopefully he can get, you know, his game back. You know, they have a lot of guys that have something to prove on this team. You know, Josh Jackson, uh, Jaleel Okafor, uh, to name two of them. You know, Makai Luke, he's, he's also fighting. Um, their, their, their pick last year, Siko Dembuya, he's been working out KD. So I hear he's made a lot of improvements. He looked good out there. Um, but yeah, they have, again, just a lot of interesting players on this team. Um, I don't expect much from them. This probably be a developmental, uh, year, but I mean, you never know with Blake Griffin at the end of the day, um, D Rose off the bench again, Plumlee is like super underrated. Um, and Jeremy Grant, they have a solid, solid five, you know, they can throw out there. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw this game, but the Knicks, yeah, Not much to really be excited about there. Obi Toppin, like, showed some, like, solid flashes. He looks like he's going to be good in this league. He reminded me of Amari Stoudemire, honestly, just looking at him, the way he played. So he looks like he might be able to shoot threes better. But honestly, you know, you look at Neil Aquina, sad. You know, he, he, he hasn't really, like, amounted to much in his career. and doesn't look like he's improved much. Kevin Knox doesn't look like he's improved much. Dennis Smith Jr. doesn't look like he improved much. Barrett doesn't look like he improved much. Like that's just the story of this team right now. Yeah, and this is just the most uh, Knicks thing to do. Like they're obviously not competing for anything this year, right? Why they? Maybe this is just the first preseason game, so maybe I shouldn't be reading this much into it. But they start Nerlens Noel and have Mitchell Robinson on the bench. <laughs> so I'm hoping that's just preseason, but that makes no sense. But if, yeah, for the Pistons, like they just have a weird team, but that's why I'm kind of intrigued by them just because the parts are also weird, but yeah, I mean, that was funny. I texted you that last night, like Jeremy Grant asked for a bigger role. First preseason game, one for 11. Like You probably, probably missed the nuggets, <laughs> but um, yeah, they're just no, like Blake Griffin might be actually probably is the best three point shooter in that starting five. So that's probably why you saw him take <laughs> over 50% of his shots from three. But I sent you that video, that pass he had in that game. I texted you that video. That was nice. Another guy that's similar to Aaron Gordon, who I, I want to see him on a good team. Like, he was so fun on the Clippers, and he's fun when you, you, know, when you catch a random play here or there of him on the Pistons. But get him on a real team because he could still contribute. 
I have no no doubt about that. And yeah, Killian Hayes, that was like the knock on him. I think the main knock on him in the draft was that he plays like at his own tempo, his own speed. So it's going to be a rough transition at first to get used to like, you know, you're in the NBA. Like these are the best athletes in the world. You're going to have to change up your tempo a little bit. So that seven turnovers makes, you know, makes sense. You just gave him the keys to the franchise and wait till regular season game. And he has to go up against like Avery Bradley or Drew Holiday or something. I think he's going to have a lot of, a lot of rough games this year, but he's a, an interesting prospect still. And then, yeah, that, the bench, like Jaleel Okafor just fell off. Yeah. Dang. They just kind of have a sad, <laughs> like all the reclamation projects. So they're going to be an interesting team to watch, but probably won't win many games. And yeah, the Knicks is just, I don't even know what to say about them until they have <laughs> at least an okay season. Obi Toppin really, he was the only bright spot, but he definitely looked a lot like Amari, not just because yeah. he was wearing number one. Yeah. He had that one left-handed dunk on the baseline. I was like, Oh, yeah, okay. I remember who used to do yeah. that. Mix. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. And I mean, you know, granted, you know, we haven't seen Michael Kidd Gilchrist. You know, they brought in Scala this year. Uh, they drafted Emmanuel quickly out of uh, Kentucky. And then, of course, they have, you know, Austin Rivers there now, too. Um, so, you know, who knows, you know, once you get all these guys suited up. But if I'm them, I'm honestly just going to spam uh, Obi Toppin all season and just mm-hmm. see, uh, like, what he's made of, you know, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I might sp- I don't I don't know about Barrett yet. You know, he he missed like two shots really, really bad, like wide open in the game. And it was just circulating online, like oh for four from three, but those two misses were terrible. Um yeah, he's gotta be better than that, you know, seven for sixteen, fifteen points. I and mean, I know I'm in super critical, um, but this first game, you know, is just the first impression of the season and we're expecting him to get better. Yeah. He did the one thing I'll say about him, he did look like he looked bigger, like he like he filled out a little bit. So he's another guy. It's just hard to to evaluate these these guys who are on such bad teams because it's like, well, how much different would, you know, Barrett look if he was on a team with at least one other pretty good player, you know, to take take the pressure off him. But um yeah, just Knicks and Pistons kind of a, a sad game. But that's how you know that we're just we're basketball nerds. Like we're we talked for like 10 minutes about a Knicks Pistons preseason game. <laughs> so if you can't tell, we're happy that basketball is back. There you go. Okay. Well, here we go. Is... Yeah, no, that's hilarious. <laughs> All right. So now we'll, we'll move to the opposite of that matchup. We got Clippers, Lakers. It was kind of funny how this was, again, a meaningless first preseason game, but it did feel like a little more important than that, right? Even though AD and LeBron didn't play, but this is what happens when you have a, a flame out in the playoffs, like like the Clippers did. Paul George and Kawhi both had to play 14 minutes. Um, obviously not, we're not, you know, we're not taking anything away from this game. That's like, oh, now I think one of these teams is significantly better than the other. But uh, this was just a cool game to see, like all these different, you know, Ibaka, Trez, Schroeder, all these guys in these new uniforms. Um, but what you what do you think about this game? Yeah, um, I mentioned I mentioned you this earlier. You know, it's just interesting to see how many um, guys these these teams have on their team. You know, they they both are just so deep with different players that are solid. You know, um, you know, we talked about the Hawks having a lot of solid people. You look at the Clippers. Um, you know, they have Kawhi and PG obviously, but they brought in you know Batum. Now they have Ibaka. Um, you know, they have Reggie Jackson. Lou Will, Luke Kennard, who I'm really, really high on for this team. I think Kennard can be 
um, another dynamic threat, um, playmaker and scorer next to Lou Williams. You know, you still have Zubats. You still have uh, Patrick Patterson. Um, you still have Marcus Morris who didn't play. So, again, they just have a ton of solid guys on this team um, that are all going to be able to contribute. And the biggest thing that I saw is just Paul George looked more confident out there. and He looked aggressive, like he wanted to come out and prove a point. So I, I think it all starts with him and Kawhi. And I liked what I saw, you know, out of the 14 minutes from both of them. And anything we can see from these new additions would just be a bonus. Um, I'm really uh, curious to see, you know, how the fit will work with Batum. Um, Batum is just like one of those interesting guys who had, you know, a couple of great seasons in Portland. Kind of invented the two-way player threat, three and D. Uh, wing, you know, a prototypical wing that you want, got paid after that and, you know, kind of fell off the face of the earth. And now he has a chance to return to relevance with this team. So I'm curious to see, you know, what type of element he can add to this squad because I really don't know what to expect out of him. Yeah, he really is the the wild card there. I don't think, I don't know, I just feel like he, he had his good years and then got paid. And then I think he's just too far, too far washed at this point. Kind of similar to a, almost like a similar to Luau Dang where, Every year when he was on the Lakers, it was like, oh, could this be the year where he, you know, he kind of goes back to his old form? Like, oh, no. Oh, wait. Now we're, oh, we're stretching his contract. Like, that's how bad it got. <laughs> um, but so here's okay. Yeah. He's only 31. So, yeah. So he should be. Yeah. He should be able to. He, he started also. That's so I wonder. Yeah. Maybe I don't know how much we should take away from this, but I'm kind of surprised. I'm really surprised that Batum started. And then I'm also less surprised, but still surprised that Ibaka started just because he, he only played like 27 minutes per game uh, for the Raptors last year. So I don't, I mean, and Zubak was, Zubak's like a serviceable starting center. So I wonder if that was just for, you know, they don't want to whatever tip their hand to the Lakers this early in the preseason or, if that's actually the the starting lineup that the Clippers are thinking of going with. I mean, what I think, though, honestly, is, you know, I, th- I think Ibaka wanted a chance to potentially be a starter. I mean, maybe the Wilson starting position um, right now and a chance to win, you know, with this team. So, I, I don't know, maybe you're right. You know, maybe Zubac just come back as the other starter at the end of the day. But, you know, if you look at his other options, I know he was really considering Brooklyn. And if you're Brooklyn, you know, you might want to just keep your starting center at, you know, Jared Allen or DeAndre Jordan. So it doesn't make sense for for him necessarily over there. Um, So, I mean, yeah, maybe this is what he wanted at the end of the day, but we'll see. Um, Again, I expect this lineup to change throughout the year. You know, who's to say, you know, at some point you don't see uh, Luke Kennard or Reggie Jackson sliding into a lead guard. You know, who's to say they don't, you know, move Batum out of the starting lineup and, you know, plug someone else in there, you know, maybe that's Marcus Morris. Um, you know, maybe you go small. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can play this team. I'm sure actually, yeah, now that I I didn't see Marcus Morris, he didn't play tonight. So I'm sure he probably takes, uh, takes, but takes Batum's starting role. Yeah. So you said you're high on Luke Kennard. He's, he's only what his third, this will be his fourth season, but yeah, that was kind of a, a polarizing trade. So Clippers gave up Shamit, who's just, Definitely one of the best, you know, pure three-point shooters and kind of a perfect fit for this team because he's also solid on defense. But Kennard is definitely more dynamic, of you know, like a playmaker. But, uh, yeah, what do you see his role ultimately being with the Clippers this year? Yeah, I mean, you look at his uh, the stats. First of all, he's only 24 still, and he's in a contract year. So that's one thing for Detroit. They obviously don't want to commit money to him long-term is what, you know, what that tells me. So, um you know, you look at um, you look at his stats last season. Um, you know, Luke Kennard, fifteen 
16.8, so 16 points a game, four assists, you know, close to four rebounds. Like, that's really solid. Um, and, again, the way he scores is, you know, he, he's able to, to create for others. You know, he's able to um, be a three-level scorer. You know, he can drive to the basket. You know, he's obviously not a, an explosive athlete, but he has a solid mid-range game, can shoot off the dribble, can hit an open three. Um, he's just a really solid, high IQ guy. So what I see him doing, again, is just coming in and being uh, another playmaker next to Lou Williams, which is something that the uh, Clippers missed last year. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see who Harris or Serge Ibaka does go back to the bench. That remains to be seen. Um, but I do know, you know, if you have a backcourt off the bench, Lou Will and Kennard, you're in great shape. And I wonder if, um, yeah, I feel like they probably, they brought him in to, it's kind of like Lou Will insurance, just because Lou Will put, you know, his regular season numbers were really good again last year. But in the playoffs, he kind of trailed off and then teams were just targeting him on, on, uh, on defense. And Kennard is just, he won't get, you know, kind of abused the same way that Lou Will was getting. Um, and then he's obviously not the level yeah. of playmaker that Lou Will is, but he's, you know, maybe like 75% of it. So maybe it's kind of like a, I think, yeah, I think it's like insurance for that. And like I mentioned earlier, where it's hard to evaluate prospects on bad teams, Kennard just came from the team that we were talking about, the Pistons, where he put up those numbers, but like he had no help. So, you know, maybe now playing off two elite scorers in Paul George and Kawhi, it'll just make life easier for him. So I think, I know it always hurts to lose like a elite dead eye, you know, knockdown shooter like Shamit, but I do think my unbiased opinion is that I think this was a good trade for the Clippers. Yeah, him and Shamit, same age, basically. So it's not like they got older or anything like that. Yeah, yeah I think 40% Kennard, from three. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, oh, wow. Actually, I didn't realize he was that good of a shooter. Yeah, it's on seven attempts per game almost. So, whoa, wait, what? His career, 40% on four attempts per game from three. Okay, well, that's, yeah, that's definitely a good trade for the Clippers, then, in my opinion. Um, so, okay, let's just go quickly to the Lakers because there's a couple things that stand out but it, you know it's hard to take anything significant about the team as a whole when the two best players aren't playing but uh Taylor Horton Tucker I feel like that's the main story so what'd you what'd you see from him last third night? best player man <laughs> he's the third best player on this team he's the third most talented guy on this team man like I've been telling I told you guys this last year man He's really good. Um, he just has one of those unique skill sets. He's a he's like a one-of-a-kind player. You know, there's no one else in the league like him. You don't see a guy who's 6'2", 6'3", first of all, with a, a seven-foot-plus wingspan. That just makes him uh, – it makes him bigger as a player, first of all. It makes gives him a chance to play solid defense. But it also is just tough for defenders to stop him at the rim. You can see he's a crafty finisher. Um, you can see that he has great handles. He can create. Honestly, I think he's the future, like, third piece of this team. You know, he's so young, though. He's so young. But um, you see how much LeBron supports him. He's from Chicago, just like AD. So those guys have a connection. I can easily see him becoming the third piece on his team. Um, he's a point forward, in my opinion, just from his size alone. That allows him to be a point forward. Um, but as a lead guard, he's he's vicious, man. There's probably a lot of people who haven't even heard of this dude outside of, like, hardcore NBA fans and – you know, serious Laker fans, but he did have, he kind of like burst onto the scene for a quick second in the playoffs last year against the Rockets where he showed up in two games. It was game four and five game four only plays seven minutes, but five points. And then uh, game five only plays 10 minutes, but four for seven from the field, nine points. And you remember LeBron was super hyped every time he made a shot. And like, that's what happened. Like he's, 
yeah, it was kind of a perfect fit for him where he's on the Lakers last year and they don't need him, but he could have contributed if the Lakers needed him last oh, yeah. year. And this is the year where, you know, we lose a couple, like Danny Green, Rondo, you know, not like huge pieces, yep. but definitely we're going to miss their contributions. And he's a guy that can fill a bit of each of their roles, right? Like he can, he's a good enough shooter where he could help with the floor spacing that Danny Green brought. And then he's, a, you know, an even better playmaker and defender where with that he can replace some of what, what Rondo brought. And I wonder, yeah, wh- like what do you think the Lakers starting five is for the regular season? Because that's, that's an interesting question, I think. Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, I'm curious uh, how Mark Gasol fits in here. Um, I don't know how much minutes he's going to get. Something tells me he's the starting center, though. I, th- I think you put in, mm-hmm. you know, Mark Gasol. Um, you put you keep Kuzma at the, at the four. You know, put LeBron in at the three. Shoot, yeah, AD down there, too. I'm, I'm almost forgetting about him. So, yeah, you, you put AD down there with, uh, with Mark Gasol. Ooh, honestly, I don't know. You know, do you guys go small or do you go big is the question. How much How much is it a, is it a deal breaker for AD to play the five is the question here, I think. Like, is, is he set on being the four or would he be the five in this scenario? Yeah, I think just for this – he saw last year how, you know, what it takes to get through a season – healthy which for him that was you know not like a a given and now especially with this shortened season after they just came off you know the longest possible playoff run possible um, I think he plays four for the regular season just to you know save his body so he doesn't have to go up against big dudes every single night and I think Gasol Marc Gasol is a perfect fit for that center spot just to you know start play a few minutes and then as the game gets going and you know once it gets to crunch time AD will move to the five but you know it's it's like what Dwight and JaVale did last year, that same idea. It is kind of funny, though, how this game, again, just preseason doesn't matter, but the Lakers went super small with Trez as their five and then Kuzma as the four. Uh, Horton Tucker was technically the three. So I think I think it goes, yeah, so Gasol at the five, AD four. LeBron will say the three, but really he's the point guard. And then Wes Matthews takes Danny Green's spot. And I think Schroeder starts. I mean, I know he came out like in an interview and yeah. said came there to start and – I think it makes sense. Like we have enough uh, on our bench that it's like we need him to come off the bench. I think that's the five. If I had to, if I had to guess right now. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I completely feel you there. I can see Gasol's coming in, starting, you know, playing first five minutes, and then you know Trez might come in and, mm-hmm. and swap him out, um, and you know AD might slip down to the five, or you know Trez play the five. Um, but yeah, that that makes hundred percent sense to me, and I, I definitely think Schroeder will be starting. Um, I think you look down the road again. I, I see Taylor Horton Tucker potentially sliding in as a starting uh, guard at some point. Um, I think that's what you got to be tracking towards if you're the Lakers. Um, again, he's just a special talent. So it's, if he can emerge and be something for you guys this season, I think that's great. Because um, again, I'm not expecting Kuzma to be, you know, that that next guy on this team. Um, I don't think he really has it in. The, yeah. So if you look at the Lakers, uh, the box score from last night. Kuzma plays 38 minutes. Hort, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker plays 37. Like, like they're playing starters minutes. Even Trez plays 31 minutes. But this, I think this is good that this is exactly what AD or uh, LeBron's just sitting back, you know, in his suit on the bench, just sitting back watching this. Like they're all basically trying out for Team LeBron. You know, it's like the preseason is they're showing, or LeBron's trying to see, like, okay, who can I trust? Uh, you know, when when we get to the playoffs, and it's like. It's just an all-season-long thing, and yeah, I like it. You know, uh, Tucker Horton Tucker can, like you mentioned, he could slide to the starting spot or starting lineup. But the good part about him is that he could slide to any of the three spots. 
like LeBron's obviously going to sit out a lot of uh, regular season games this year just because of the condensed schedule and everything. So you could start him there, start him at the three, let Schroeder be the one. If LeBron plays and, you know, Schroeder or Matthews is out, you could start him at the one or two because LeBron's really the point guard. So, yeah, his versatility, I think, kind of that's what we've both been saying, basically, is just his versatility is what is key uh, to this team. But Okay, so I mentioned, I think, that these teams play again in a, a couple of days, and it's on ESPN. So I wonder if we see LeBron and AD play. Probably not, just because what do they have to prove? But hopefully they do. Okay, let's do the last game of the night, last night. Uh, Kings versus the Blazers. The combined, uh, combined points scored in the first quarter was 77. So... That's preseason basketball for you. But do you see anything from these teams that you think was significant? Both teams look a little different. You know, they had a couple changes here or there. I think the Blazers are going to be really good. I, I told you this the other day when we, we uh, did our last podcast, I think. But I'm really, really bullish on them, man. Um, we didn't see Nurkic play. We didn't see Rodney Hood play. And we didn't see Zach Collins play. But yet it looked like they had a, a pretty much full team out there. Um, a ton, a ton of perimeter threats. Uh, I think Robert Covington is the perfect player to put next to, um, you know, McCollum and Lillard. I think that's what they tried to do with Ariza, but Ariza's just washed at this point. Mm-hmm. I think um, Robert Covington, uh, Covington is the like prototypical three and D wing to put next to these guys. Derek Jones Jr. Similar, similar idea here. You know, he can come off the bench though, but he looked like he was solid from three. He had both his threes. He gives them an athletic combo threat you know he can play the four or the three um and again he just gets up and down the court they haven't had that dynamic athlete on their team in a while so he adds another element you know Cantor should be able to do essentially everything that Whiteside did he can rebound really well he's a great rebounder um he has a solid post game you know I don't know if you should expect too much from him with Nurkic again and Zach Collins plays a great insurance policy again you already know what to expect from you know McCullum and Lillard but Melo came out hot um, and then for me, the biggest observation I had, honestly, the two, I should say, um, Gary Trent Jr., I remember he played really well last year, but he looks like way more confident. And he honestly looks like he could be like a, a starter at some point in the NBA. Like he looks like he's talented enough to be a starter. And it makes me wonder you know, whether McCollum is somebody, you know, you consider moving and maybe sliding him in because he's a solid 3 and D guy. And then maybe make a run at another like, solid four or another solid wing Wait, to put on let me say game. a name oh we i brought it up earlier could this be mccollum for aaron gordon okay so let's see if we did that and like mccollum's a really good player it's just i don't know with him and lillard it's not the greatest fit because mccollum just doesn't bring anything on defense that's why clay thompson's such a great fit with steph curry he was you know equally as good of a shooter but he was also an elite defender so McCollum is like an elite scorer, but that's basically, you know, all he brings. So it might be better for both parties. But yeah, yeah so let's say that's, they Aaron Gordon. That's, that's interesting. I, I I think they should consider something like that. Yeah. Actually, honestly, that's like, that's a fun team because if you have Nurkic as your five and Aaron Gordon as your four, because they could both hit threes at like a respectable rate for big guys. And they're also both really good passers for big guys. I don't know. That would be, yeah, we need to run with this idea. Actually, I think this would be, that'd be a really Fun. I mean, they're already a fun team, but if you made that trade, that would be awesome, I think. Yeah, and then then just the last thing I took away, um, I, I, I watched this, like, you know, I think the whole second half, and I looked very closely at Harry Giles, mm-hmm. and he looked really, really good. Um, he had a very productive night. You know, he had 18 points, 14 rebounds. Um, he had two blocks and three steals. I just remember this guy was the number one player in his class, but he tore his ACL once when he was in high school, and then he tore it again before going to Duke. 
he suited up, played a few games. But honestly, through this entire time in the NBA, he just hasn't like fully looked healthy yet. But he looks healthy now, and he was like blocking shots like ridiculously, and he was finishing at the rim, looking athletic like he used to um, back in the day. So I mean, I don't know what you have there with to start but I mean people were again have just been raving about him I, I think that you know if the opportunity presented himself you know he could potentially you know surprise this team and be you know a storyline of the year for them like he just looked really good I think he's definitely he, you know he should be considered one of the top candidates to kind of have a breakout season because this was his his revenge game because he had spent his first whatever two or three years on the Kings and you just tell like he he wasn't happy there because the Kings are you know, not the greatest run franchise. And it just seems like most of their players aren't very happy. Um, but he's obviously talented, like you mentioned, his his high school and college pedigree. So this could be a perfect fit for him. And again, it's just like Zach Collins insurance because he shows flashes every year, but then he also just unfortunately gets injured every year. So Giles can be a perfect kind of spark plug for this team. I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, actually. I'm really intrigued by the Blazers just because they're so they're so versatile, like their lineups and their, you know, the different combinations that they have are, that's really what the league's about now, right? Because you want to be able to go big. And if they had to, well, they they would start, it would be Nurkic and then either Collins if he's healthy or Giles. Yeah, they have like a legit two big lineup. They can obviously go small. Like they started Cantor at center yesterday and Covington can, he's, Covington was basically the center for the Rockets the past year and a half. So this is a cool team. And Lillard just, again, all this just helps him. He's obviously going to, what, put up 28, 30 again this year. Obviously, you know, it's tough to predict this at this point, but where do you see the Blazers ceiling being in the Western Conference uh, standings? Because I think they're a team that could they kind of have a, a wide range of possible outcomes. It's it's really tough. Um, we, we we tried to do that the, the last episode, I think. And uh, my gut wants to tell me that um, you have to put, you know, the Blazers in that top eight. You know, that would mean, again, they have to, you know, get in front of a few people. Um, and I think their ceiling is probably around, you know, five or six, um, fifth or sixth seed. Um, I think at worst, they're going to be the eighth or ninth seed, you know, fighting to get back in. Um, but I, I think these guys will definitely be in the playing tournament at the very least, not like, you know, locked in for a playoff position. Dude, I'm starting to think that their their ceiling, though, is like the three seed. I mean, because Lillard is good enough, right? So they have, that's where you need to be a top, you know, three seed. You need that like elite top 10 guy who can be a an MVP candidate. Um, any given year Lillard checks those boxes and then again the versatility like they I don't know and they have played together that's the other thing is like their core has been there with at least Lillard and McCollum for so long that and Terry Stotts like it just seems like you know was it's like the uh what do they always say oh the culture the team culture is is there right so even if it's like a new cast of um of role players it just seems like everyone gets along with with Dame and plays well with him and you know gets adjusted to that to that team pretty easily so I don't know. I could see them. If I had to guess, I would probably put them at like the seven, six or seven seed. But if things break right, everyone stays healthy. I could definitely see them for three or four seed. Yeah. No. Again, I'm I'm going to be keeping a close eye on them. I think they're going to have a great season. I want to. I kind of want to check the uh, the MVP odds again now because what if they finish as a three seed and Dame averages thirty and how to consider Dame four yeah. rebounds? Like he's a dude that he deserves an MVP. You know. Now I'm all. After one game, one preseason game, I'm all hyped up on the Blazers, but they're just <laughs> they're an easy team to root for. Yeah, I think their structure is just very clean. Um, so the way they're constructed, you know, I see a great year for them. And also, you mentioned Gary Trent. So obviously he had a great year last year. And like you said, he looked more confident this year. 
So that's a good sign is that it seems like last year wasn't a fluke, right? Like he, he wasn't surprised by how good he was last year. He seemed like the whole time he was like, yeah, I don't know why everyone else is surprised. Like I, I knew I could do this. And that's a really good sign for them because they just have, I mean, we mentioned the Aaron Gordon trade, but if Rodney Hood comes back and looks good and Gary Trent looks good, like they have a lot of trade pieces too. I think this season that's going to be huge because I, I do think, you know, how there's such a clear distinction between like the playoff contenders and then the, the bottom feeders. Like there's obviously some teams like the, I would say like, like the, uh, the Hawks, Bulls, Wizards, like those teams, they're, they can go either way. They could like, just miss the playoffs or also get seven or eight seed but then you have the knicks pistons Cavs, all those teams who are like going to be obvious sellers so i I do think we will see some big names moved so it's good to just have to have trade pieces on deck for sure that's all the games that happened last night so we could call it a wrap there thanks for listening to another episode of the ball till you fall podcast if you enjoyed the episode please like rate subscribe follow download all the above uh we're honestly we're going to keep releasing episodes even if you guys don't do any of the above but it'll just make us feel better about ourselves if we see that people are listening and you know downloading and basically just enjoying the episodes so be a nice person today uh please spread the word uh the world needs more nice people out there so just search ball till you fall podcast on apple Podcasts or spotify or basically just anywhere that you listen to podcasts out there Again, we really appreciate the support and we'll talk to you next episode.